Hello and welcome to Celtic A to Z podcast and we're back for episode Q. I'm back, I'm Jerry, and I'm here with Mark and Barry. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi Jerry, hi Barry. Hi everyone. Okay, so episode Q, the one that we've all been looking forward to, <laughs> um, going to be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a patchwork episode this week I think. We do have, so we've got a couple of things we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to talk about the Quality Street Gang, and we're going to go into a few of those. Um, and we've also, uh, well, we've got a, a guest joining us later on who's going to be playing Quizmaster and giving us a bit of a Celtic quiz, <laughs> which could be very embarrassing. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, this could be an absolute train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you get to the end of this episode and there is no quiz, we've cut it out because we were all too terrible. <laughs> um, but but we're going to start with um, obviously there's not a lot of cues to talk about. Um, very 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 little there. But there is an honorary pick. There is a genuine Celtic legend in there, the Croy Express himself, <laughs> uh, Mister Jimmy Quinn who I think we're all familiar with. Yeah, 15 years at the club. Um, I think most people came across him because he's name-checked in the, in the Celtic song. Um, exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> Gallagher and Quinn have left their mark, yeah, as, it, as the song did. says. <laughs> uh, he, he certainly did. You're absolutely right, Barry. So uh, I'm not sure where... Let, let, let's kind of start at the, um, the, the start of his career, I guess, with Celtic. You're right, 15 years at the club, 1900 to 1915. He's probably the first proper superstar that we have you know he gets over 200 goals in that time he is uh, the main man when we win those six league titles in a row uh, and I think he adds another couple slightly later on as well so um, eight league titles he ends up with you know over those years uh, but it's some of his goal scoring exploits uh, which I guess really endeared him to the fans he scored a hat trick uh, in the Scottish Cup final against Rangers when we were 2-0 down at half-time. Can you imagine half, how good that would trick. be? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a... 2 nothing down in the cup final against your biggest rivals. <laughs> and you can, you can win and you score a hat-trick. Yes. That's pretty special, Doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, you're right. That's, um, you know, if you're going to have a dream of, of about playing for Celtic, that, that's pretty much it right there, isn't it? Um, yeah. Interestingly, that's, that's also the first Hamden Cup final, 1904. So that was the year... Oh, what was it before it? That's a very good question, Barry. I'm not I sure. Know. I should have looked up. <laughs> sure, yeah, who should have looked up? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, Hamden was completed, I think, in the late 1903. That was the first uh, Scottish Cup final to be held there. So, um, yeah, I don't know where they would have held, like, you know, firm finals before that. I guess Celtic Park and Ibrox would probably have been on rotation, maybe. I know yeah, Scotland I used to play at the old... Uh, Cricket ground as well, didn't they? The old... Yeah, I mean, you have, I mean, places like you know, like the Third Lanark Ground and all that, which is yeah, the Park, yeah. yeah, it's been down that sort of way. And then, I suppose, uh, the, were there either Park at Hamden, Lesser Hamden, would that have had a sort of pitch at that point? Ah, no maybe, idea, maybe. Totally yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going a little off piece there, but there'll be a lot of that in this episode <laughs> because that's, that's what the letter Q is all about. <laughs> um, perhaps before the end of this, one of us could look up <laughs> and see where the Scottish Cup finals were held before Hamden. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the f- first Hamden final, 1904, we beat Rangers 3-2 after being 2-0 down, Jimmy Quinn, hat-trick in the second half, outstanding. Um, that was actually the second hat-trick he'd scored against Rangers. Uh, I found out in 1902, there was a, a British League Cup 
which was effectively the, I guess, the top teams from Scotland and the top teams from England. It was, it, it was created because of the, the Ibrox disaster, which had happened that year, I guess, to, to raise funds. And obviously there was no you know, European football or anything. This was the kind of first, I think, cross-border competition yeah. of, of, of teams. So um, Celtic ended up, uh, Celtic, Celtic and Rangers, funnily enough, got to the final. And Jimmy Quinn got a hat trick. <laughs> so uh, to actually score two hat tricks in two cup finals against Rangers is, is a pretty special thing, I guess. Yeah. 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 And when you read about him, he looks like such a strong guy. Like he's, he's always he's described as you know as being as strong as a buffalo. And you see pictures of him, you know, and he's no he's no skinny guy. You know, he's a guy. He looks like a bulldozer. Um, yeah. But for all, it's but in saying that, again, when you read more about him. He's described as not having any weaknesses at all. That you know he could play, you know, out in the wing. Um, he could hold up the play, but also he was a brilliant goal scorer. Sounds like he had a bit of effort. Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, uh, certainly like William Maley's quotes about him. He regarded him as the the best player, he'd, or was it the the best player in the best Celtic team or something like that. His mm-hmm. quote is at that time. Yeah, I think it's so, referred to as being the keystone of that Celtic team. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah, I, was, I knew there was a lot of quote in there about him. Um, so, yeah, obviously held him in pretty high regard. You look at the goals he scored, so what is it? I don't know if the figure in front of me, Barry, perhaps you'll help me out. Is it 221, um, something like that? I think I've got 261, I think I've got somewhere written down. All oh, right, OK. No, 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 216, sorry. 216. 216. So, yeah, yeah. yeah 231 had... appearances. Right, so, yeah, I mean, that gives you an idea of how, how prolific it was in that time. He's the, he's, he remains the fifth highest scorer in the history of Celtic. And if you're looking at the guys who are above him, you've got, Larson, Chalmers, Lennox, and McGrory. And obviously nobody's hitting McGrory. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the other three are all European Cup or Champions League winners. Um, yeah. So that, that's the kind of, you know, those are the, the only guys above them in the entire history yeah. of Celtic. I mean, you look at things like, um, like Henry Larson, he was only there for seven years. You say, oh, well, Quinn played for 15 years and he got less goals, but he was playing a lot less games over those periods. Yeah. The first few championships, you know, were only like 20 game seasons. There's no European football, no League Cup. So there's a lot less opportunity to, to score goals. So, I mean, had he been playing just now, that, those amount of games, he would have scored a lot more of, don't doubt. You, you would imagine, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, th- I, think that, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So, but yeah, so that, that's the kind of companies keeping those are the only five guys to have scored more than 200 goals. I mean, you consider it's like over 100 years since he stopped mm-hmm. playing, you know, since he actually retired playing. Um, gives you an idea of just how how infrequent these, these kind of things come up. It's kind of astonishing, mm-hmm. I guess, that, that two of them played in the same team, obviously the Lisbon Lions. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I guess is just kind of testament to that team. And then Henry Larson and Jimmy McGrory probably say are, are kind of oddities of of their time as well, um, you know, just just in terms of being so far ahead of of, of the others. So, Jimmy well, Quinn, yeah, it was certainly Henry. Henry playing obviously say it was seven years, but really it was six and a bit to get that amount of yeah. goals in that amount. That period of time was you know, was obscene, <laughs> frankly. But nobody else has done anything like that, really. No, so, true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and obviously Jimmy McGrory's stats were 500 odd. It's <laughs> 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 crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, so th- so so that's Jimmy Quinn. Uh, I-, I think uh, you know, an absolute legend of Celtic, probably of, of, of Scottish football as well. Uh, 
you know, as I say, you're right, over over two hundred goals for Celtic in that in that time. Uh, that win was it eight league championships, five Scottish Cups, that British yeah, League as well. Yeah. Um, a number of Glasgow Cups, which I guess was probably a big deal at the, at the time too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Glasgow Cup was a... Well, yeah, everybody counted that in the medal collection up until probably about the 80s, didn't they? When yeah. it stopped. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of international football back then. He did play for Scotland. He did 11 times for Scotland and got seven goals. Seven yeah, goals was the 19, game. <laughs> 19-10 game against England that he was the, the star player in um, and they beat England that day. All right. Okay. Um, I, I read it described as he was basically single-handedly beat England um, for Scotland <laughs> that day. Didn't get enough caps, um, which is you know something that comes up a yeah, lot in Celtic cool. history. Yeah. <laughs> but I know. Um, certainly, I he's remembered for that day anyway. Just before you move on, there, I just wanted to mention: Did you read about that story um, from the Scottish Cup semi-final in nineteen oh five? So no, so they were playing Rangers at Celtic Park in nineteen oh five. And there was a pitch invasion with 10 minutes to go, which apparently was sparked as a result of Jimmy Quinn um, fighting with a Rangers player and accidentally kicking him in the face. <laughs> so it goes. Um, so I, I, I'm not Eventually. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I suspect Celtic might have been losing. I'm not entirely sure, but the suggestion seems to be that the Celtic fans running out of the park trying to sort of get the game abandoned so it could go to a replay. Um, <laughs> did it work? <laughs> because um, yeah, so basically what happened is that Celtic just forfeited the tie. The game couldn't continue. Celtic were hauled up to the SFA, as was Jimmy Quinn himself. Um, and Jimmy Quinn gets suspended for a month as a result, basically causing this riot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Celtic forfeited, forfeited the Scottish Cup tie. So, I. <laughs> Interesting character. Yeah, <laughs> um, right, okay. <laughs> but in addition to that, so there's also, following on from that, you've got the, the Jimmy Quinn affair, which, um, again, it was known for fighting again. So in 1907, he get done for fighting again, again against Rangers. And he gets suspended for two months. Um, and the suspicion is that um, the SFA were trying to stop Celtic from becoming the first team to win this, the League and Cup double because nobody had ever done it before that. So was suspended ah, so I did read about this one, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, so, but ultimately it didn't work. Celtic did go on to win the, the Scottish <laughs> Cup in 1907 and won the league. Um, but aye, it was just that. And then I also read there was a thing, he tried to sue the, well, he did actually sue the Evening Times following one of those incidents because it was reported in the paper that he'd savagely kicked this Rangers player in the face. Um, and <laughs> he sued the Evening Times for £500, so that's quite a lot of money back in yeah, yeah, five. Yeah. Um, and strictly speaking, he won, but the sheriff only awarded him one shilling rather <laughs> than the five hundred pounds. But he did say that the sheriff did say, like the reporter, um, only had privilege to sort of say what he wanted um, within the context of the actual sort of the football game. But if you actually go on to say that he done it deliberately or he done it savagely, then he was sort of stepping out the bounds of what he was allowed to to say, um, and that's why Quinn won. Right? But I, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to uh, be illegal. Good about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, good on. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, this actually kind of neatly folds into to where we're going next because his grandson did play for the club, uh, yep. also called Jimmy Quinn. Now, he's, in the grand scheme, of the, he played 41 times for Celtic. So, you know, that obviously, you know, he's did his bit and he's coming through at a very interesting time for the club, as we're about to hear. Um, but yeah, we, we, 
obviously there's no comparative person to Jimmy Quinn, so that's why he's in as the, the honorary pick. There is another couple of Quinns in there. Um, but Jimmy Quinn, the grandson, came through as part of what became known as the Quality Street Gang, which I guess is what the this episode is, is hopefully going to be about <laughs> for the next few while. Um, the Quality Street Gang, I'm sure everyone is familiar with, is the Celtic youth team and reserve team that came through in the late 60s ultimately to go on to replace the Lisbon Lions um, and, and all of the players that come that came through as I say, Jim, Jimmy Quinn's probably within there, him and guys like Brian McLaughlin, uh, Vic Davidson probably on the periphery of it, but there's there's seven men in the, the Quality Street gang who played more than 100 games for the club uh, so we wanted to, to talk about some of them tonight now, of those seven, we've spoken about Lou McCary. Let, let's draw a veil over him. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've spoken about Danny McGrain. Proper legend. Proper legend, absolutely, yeah. Davy Hay as well. Uh, you, Barry, you did a, a great piece in Davy Hay. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Start. I mean, he left his mark on Celtic, absolutely, as player Seven and has. manager. Yep. Um, Kenny Dalgleish obviously went in as our honorary pick at D. Um, so that leaves that leaves three. So we thought, well, that that's a good um, that's a good way out of the Q episode. <laughs> uh, so we've got George Connolly, Paul Wilson, and Pat McCluskey, the other three members of the Quality Street Gang, who haven't had a mention yet, uh, and who obviously not went on to play a, a good bit for the club in the late sixties and, and through the seventies. So let, let's start at the top of that title list then George Connolly who's Barry you taking George Connolly yeah yeah I'll, I'll, I'll speak about George Connolly for a few moments so yeah George Connolly's a, a, a bit of an enigma in Celtic history um, arguably one of the greatest players out to play for the club but also a guy who had his own personal demons and probably didn't achieve as much as he, he should have um, made his debut in 1968 now, prior to that he was already sort of quite well known um, to the Celtic fans um, as a result of Jockstein putting him on, I think it was at half-time um, in 1966 in a Cup Cup game against Dynamo Kiev. And he was 17, he didn't play, but he just came on and did keepy-uppies keepy to entertain the crowd during <laughs> half-time because he was known for doing his keepy-uppies. Apparently, he could do like 2,000 that ago. Um, yeah, uh, decent. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, I mean, he's seen as a midfielder, stroke sort of centre-half, guy with you know, proper composure, um, it's sort of a weird mix, I guess, between sort of like Billy McNeil, but also Bobby Murdoch, a guy who could play. You know, he was defensive minded, but he was also could play. You know, he had a, a touch and a feel, and he could pass, and he occasionally scored goals as well. And for yeah. many people, actually, he was probably the most talented of the, the quality, the quality street gang. I mean, you consider that that contains you know, Ken Douglas and Danny McGrain, and then you know it's, it's some it's a statement. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it shows you how highly he was held. Um, by some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he broke in a lot, a lot earlier than the likes of um, the well, McGrain. He's kind of the first Ken one Dugley. to the first one to break through, isn't he? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think kind of like 68, 69, He's he's kind of in around the first team. Yeah, already. I mean, he scores in the Cup, Scottish Cup final in nineteen sixty nine against Rangers and won four nothing. Yeah, um, he's only what he's doing twenty at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a cracking right. goal, you know, where he sort of walks around the goalkeeper and into the net. <laughs> and apparently mm-hmm. also in that game, I've never seen it, but apparently he was doing keep up he's again during the game <laughs> in the box just to wind up Rangers fans. So I'd like to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, and then beyond that, I mean, his, his career 
for the next couple of years goes pretty well. I mean, he's part of the Celtic team that, that makes the final in 1970. He scores a yeah, goal, doesn't he? Against, against, against Leeds, the first leg. Leeds, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first minute um, against Leeds at Ellen Road. He's the guy who scores the goal, says he's on our way to, to win that match. Yep. Um, he doesn't start the game against Firelord in the final, but he does come on for very old and plays the last sort of, 10 minutes or so. But as I say, he's still only 21 at that point, you know, young guy. And then again, for the next couple of years, Celtic continue to win. They're still successful. You know, nine in a row team. 1973, he's player of the year. Seen as the, the natural successor to, to Billy McNeil. You know, he's probably going to be, you know, captain. And and then really his career falls apart. It's such a shame after that. When you consider the guy who we're talking about, you know, better than Ken Douglas, better than Danny McGrain. You know, mm. he's in the Celtic team. He's seen as the next captain. And then for whatever reason, he just wasn't suited to continue being a being a footballer it's a weird uh, one isn't it it's a kind of weird story I've, I've tried to kind of look into it and uh, I mean I get it. there's all sort of you know, kind of mental health problems I think going on there that just mm-hmm. in the 70s it's just not really spoken about or you kind of wonder if it's kind of a yeah, I mean, in somewhat. I mean, his best friend was David Hay and I mean they see the quotes with David Hay saying you know that George was just the, the shyest guy in the world, um, mm. or rather, is, is this the shyest guy in the world? He had to sort of conquer that shyness to go into a football park. And then when you think about him doing things like keep you up, he's in a cup final against Rangers. He obviously went on to the park and had a totally different persona, but off the park, it's just he, he wasn't the type of guy who'd join in with the sort of banter in the dressing room, he just sort yeah. of kept himself to himself almost. Um, and then there seems to be a suggestion ultimately that you know, he had some. You know, a sort of unhappy sort of marriage life and had some issues with alcohol. And then I don't think there's any doubt looking back, they you know, had some mental health issues. Yeah. You'd like to think we sort of moved on and with, you know, had that happened now, we'd be able to cope with it a bit better. You think of what's happened to Lee Griffiths now, um, you know, and the support that he's had. Would it have been would it have been different if he could, you know, feel a bit more enlightened at that point and had the, the mechanisms to support these people? Yeah, I know. Like I say, I think yeah, I think there's a bit of that. Perhaps a kind of victim of the time. Even Davy Hay being one of his best friends and, and saying something, and presumably with the best will in the world as well, saying oh, he was a really shy guy. It's probably just a real lack of understanding of perhaps social awkwardness and you know whatever else that the guy was suffering. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a kind of sad end to to what should have been a, a wonderful career. You wonder as well, guys, just thinking about the 70s, is that the sort of birth of footballers becoming celebrities rather than just athletes as well? You're thinking well, about possibly. more of an interest in players' lives as well as before they were seen as players first and foremost, but now all of a sudden they're becoming, you know, I think the late mm-hmm. 70s you get players recording singles, becoming the mm-hmm. face of very yes, sad. So yeah. you wonder if that was much for him, yeah, he couldn't just focus on the football because, you know, he's got a lot going on in his life. And it's, it's an absolute tragedy because he was seen as being one of the, one of the great talents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, when he actually, I mean, he played his last game for Celtic in 1975. So it was only two years after he played the year, and he's, I mean, he's 26 at the time, I, you I know. know. Yeah, and his his career's over. Um, I mean, yeah, he leaves in 76. I think he plays. Look, this like he played eight games for Falkirk in 1976, and then after that, he starts. He plays junior football. You know, this is a guy who's you know won eight titles with Celtic. Um, huh? Playing a European Cup. Yeah, and he's by the age of twenty, football. he's playing junior football. It's, it's crazy, it's, isn't it? Really yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he Scotland. I keep talking about the, the World Cup in '74. I mean, he didn't play in the World Cup in '74, but he helped. He was a part of that Scotland team that helped qualify for it. 
you know, and he, he probably should have been one of the main guys for, for Scotland as well as Celtic. Um, you know, Jock Steen said he was as good as Beckenbauer. It's just it's such a, a tragedy. Quite a claim, yeah. Um, yeah, so it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real sad one, George Connolly. Um, he probably had, had kind of half a career there for for reasons out with football, um, you know, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, like I say, if you look at his medal tally there, you know, it's a, I mean, it's a good medal tally. He's been 69 mm-hmm. and 74 winning all those leagues, you know, all those Scottish Cups. Um, as I say, making the final of the European Cup in 1970, but he'd done all that by the time he was 26. It's just, like you say, as you're saying, it's half a career when it could have been so much more. Yeah. Okay. No, cheers for that, Barry. Um, yeah, so that's, that's George Connolly. Um, he's he's kind of third on the, the list of appearances from the, the Quality Street gang. So 254 appearances for the club in that time. And as we said, you know, half a career, who knows what he might have been able to go on to do had things been different. Um so looking down the list, uh, Paul Wilson, Mark, I think you're, you've got a bit on Paul Wilson for us. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jerry. So, Paul Wilson um, signed for Celtic in 1967, which was quite, 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 a, year, quite a quiet year for us, nothing much happened. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so, he signed as a 17-year-old from St Ninians, you know, he comes from high school, uh, and he's, he signed as a, as a winger, uh, and also plays a striker. So, I mean, he's with the club for between 1970 and 78, makes 214 appearances and checked him with 52 goals. And during that period, he's got six titles, four Scottish Cups and one League Cup. Uh, and in fact, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Dixie Deans, um, but in the 74-75 season, uh, Paul Wilson finished top scorer with the club with 23 goals. Yeah. I think he's been a really entertaining player and I think he enjoyed getting the ball and taking guys on and, and beating them. Uh, I think quite often he was told to hit the byline and get the ball in, but I think he took a lot of enjoyment from getting the ball and entertaining the crowd, which we always like to see. We talked last week about the Celtic way, that attacking style of football. I think the mark of the man is that in the build-up to the Scottish Cup final in 1975, his mother sadly passed away. And as you can imagine, the, the, probably the last thing in your, your mind is playing a game of football. But to his credit, he played that game and actually scored two goals when we, and we, we won the Cup. So I think it says a lot about his commitment to the club that despite you know, a very sad personal loss that he was still able to go on to the pitch and perform to such a high standard so he's all yeah yeah and, and Paul Wilson he was um, born in India his dad was Scots-Irish descent and his mum was Dutch-Portuguese unfortunately due to the period he played in, he suffered a lot a lot of uh, racist abuse during his time playing for the club and there's a great quote when he had a discussion with Stina about you know, some of the races he was facing the pitch on a regular basis unfortunately and Steen said to him, answer them by scoring. And then Paul Wilson replied, how about if I score two? Which uh, I, I think is a good rebuke to anyone you know, who have a narrow-minded persuasion who would <laughs> want to give him a beauty. He would just take that on and uh, score a goal against your team. And he's also the only yeah. uh, player in the 20th century in Scotland who was uh, non-white to get a Scotland cap. Uh, yeah, which again, that, is a- yeah. I didn't realise that, is it? Yeah, I mean, he, was, he got he got a solitary cap for Scotland. Is there not some guy in the early 20th century that played? I may be mistaken. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, I, I didn't see that. Um, so, no, fair enough. I, I, obviously, there's, there's not really many others I can think of. But um, I mean, sadly, when he, I think when he passed away back in September 2017, I'm sure a lot of fans of the younger generation who weren't really aware of Paul Wilson, it's a shame because he played a huge part, as did, as did many of the Cotton Street gang kids in the 
early 70s into the, you know, that period of dominance. You know, we transition, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, I think it's nice we get an opportunity, you know, during these podcasts to, to, to remind ourselves these great players who gave so much to the club and you are a part of that history. Um, yeah. so I mean, I've got to concede, I didn't know a huge amount about Paul Wilson, so this is quite educational for me. It was, it was, I, I, I'm kind of guilty myself of focusing too much on players that I've seen playing the flesh. So I've, I've been trying, thanks to the Celtic Wiki, which is phenomenal, just to try and read a bit more of players from days gone by. And I, I saw a link about his obituary and it kind of followed it from there. So no, it's a, a really good, good servant to the club and someone that deserves to be remembered. Yeah, no, it's it's a real interest more, Mark. I think it is, uh, and you're right. It's part 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 of that group coming through. It's kind of funny because we're looking at it now, and obviously we've just completed nine in a row again. And you think about the the team we had nine years ago, and the the transition that you need, you know, to keep that success on yeah. the park is quite difficult. So you're right. You kind of need new players coming through and challenging all the time just to keep that freshness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably fair to say it was a, it was a lot more competitive, um, you know, back then, the early 70s, uh, than, than it probably has been recently. Not yeah, really I mean, yeah, I, like in the late 70s, well, sorry, not late 70s, sorry, the mid-70s, like in 74, mm-hmm. I mean, like Hibs were one of your biggest challengers, you know, for the title. You know, Rangers were kicking about as well. But I mean, it wasn't always just Celtic and Rangers challenging for the title. Yeah. And yeah. when we didn't win ten in a row in '75, I mean, we finished third. So it was. Yeah. I mean, just there was a bit more going on, I suppose, than there is now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. No. It, cheers. Cheers, Mark. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a real interesting one. And and you're right. I think he he probably maybe does get lost in that list of Quality Street Gang members and you know and the teams around that. At time, so yeah, good, good to talk about him. Uh, okay, so going a little further down the list, uh, and I've got um, Pat McCluskey, who, uh, you know, we're, we are recording this 3rd of September. This man died um, a little over a week ago, the 24th of August, actually. So um, it's quite apt, I guess, that we're, we're getting an opportunity to talk about him at this time. I'm going to start off with a um, with a great quote <laughs> uh, about Pat McCluskey, uh, who this actually, so it's actually from a book. So there's a book called An, An Alphabet of the Celts, which sounds a little bit like what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, there's a great quote uh, about, about about Pat McCluskey there. So uh, he he was a you know sweeper type defender uh, and, and the quote is he works on the principle the bigger they are the harder he hits them <laughs> I, think, I, like uh, I like that yeah I like a defender with that kind of mantra um, you know so he's uh, as I say obviously again you know part of that team he's I think 180 odd games for Celtic I won't go and we're probably just going to end up talking about the same kind of championships and stuff like that. His is, I guess, coming into the team slightly later than Connolly. 1969, he plays through to 77 with Celtic. Uh, he doesn't quite break in immediately. He actually spends 70-71 season on loan at Sligo Rovers, um, you know, and then comes back and kind of establishes himself more uh, in the early 70s, uh, you know, and as he picks up the, the last, I think, three or four titles of the, of the nine in a row. Um, plays in two European Cup semi-finals, you know, 72 and 74. So he's, he's a big part of the squad. 
in, 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 in those seasons. It's actually the emergence of kind of Roy Aiken, which I guess pushes him out the the first team. So he spends, I think, the last couple of years, you know, perhaps is like kind of on the bench and stuff like that. But obviously, part of the you know the original nine in a row team spent a, spent a lot of years at Celtic. But yeah, I really, I, I did. I like that quote. I must admit, that's exactly what you're wanting <laughs> from a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a funny. I know you like um, some of the the Scotland stuff, Barry. So I'm going to give you uh, a little bit about. Um, there's a, an incident called the Copenhagen incident. I don't know if you've ever came across no, this. No, no, no. Um, so this is a, it was a, I think it's an under-21 European Championships, or under-23 I think it is at the time, in 1975, the, the under-23 European Championships uh, in Denmark. And there's a there's a team who, who so this is, uh, McCluskey is there. Um, who else have we got? Guys like Willie Young, Joe Harper, Arthur Graham, um, and they become known as the Copenhagen Five, who were basically banned from representing Scotland because of what they termed laddish behaviour. Apparently, <laughs> 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 involves just a, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of a lot of heavy drinking and some pranking in a hotel. <laughs> you know, going into. SFA delegates' rooms and turning their beds upside down and stuff like this. And it just all sounds a bit. <laughs> it can't be tolerated, Jerry. No, I don't. <laughs> Stamp down these things. Um, so yeah, it, it just it seems a little bit like kind of you know come on. It's just I guess like young guys probably home just having a having a bit of a laugh. Um, there was there was a great quote. I don't know who it's from. But there, was, there was a quote at the time that said uh, the five of them robbed Scotland of what could have been the best drinking team in the world, <laughs> 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 taking them out of the team. Uh, so yeah, he had a he had a wee bit of that in him as well, <laughs> uh, which you know is not necessarily you can do it in Scotland duty. That's fine. The way he's doing that. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so that's that's um, Pat McCluskey as well. Uh, again, you know, just another. Funnily enough, we did a bit on on nicknames uh, a while ago. His nickname was Fat Pat. <laughs> I don't know if you came across that one in your research, but <laughs> no, no, it's not the wittiest one in this. <laughs> Fat Pat. <laughs> it's probably better than Roddy the Prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cool. So yeah, uh, again, he's from the, that you know, another kind of local boy who comes from Kilsyth, so just up the road to Croy, uh, funnily enough. Which uh, must be uh, something in the water. It must be, yeah. <laughs> um, perhaps a a neighbour somewhere of the the Croy Express. He could have been the Kilsyth Express as well. <laughs> um, okay, so that so that's kind of the Quality Street Gang. Then, as I say, the others, we probably, I think it's probably unfair to do a. A vote on these guys. I think realistically, we're looking at, you know, Danny McGrain, Kenny Dalglish, Davy Hay. Yeah. They're probably not. Well, let's be fair. You know, they're obviously they're not quite in that echelon, but they're um, just a huge part of that transition from the Lisbon Lions team. You know, finishing off that nine in a row run. You know, and just maintaining that that level of success for us. Yeah, but it's important to mark their, their contribution to to the club. I mean, like you say, they're not. Kenneth Douglas, not Danny McGrain or Davy Hay, but it's we've spoken about them, but it's important that we mention the other guys as well who are who are reporting and bridging that gap as you're talking about and keeping Celtic being successful. Excellent. Okay, so uh, that's Jimmy Quinn. That's the Quality Street Gang. Um, one other thing that 
uh, well, I, I kind of brought up midweek, Barry, you've kind of said, Let, let's not jinx it. We're not going to say anything about what may be a quadruple treble. We may come back well, to we, that at some point. <laughs> we can't talk about it. We've not done it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> There's like a couple of games to go. So, yeah, let, let's part that. Um, yeah, we may, may return to that in a few, in a, in a couple of months' time. Um, but there is a, there's obviously a quadruple in Celtic's history, which is the aforementioned 66-67 season. I've seen it referred to as a quintuple, but that includes the Glasgow Cup. And I think if you're winning, you know, the League, League Cup, Scottish Cup and European Cup, we probably don't really need to talk about the Glasgow Cup. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think... Probably uh, not, but, it, yeah. but it's some, some trophy off of one season, though. It is, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, I suppose not, yeah, the one everything, you know, we, we went for that season. So, uh, that's a... I, I don't know how much we can really say about that season that which hasn't already been said we've still got a Lisbon Lions episode to do as well I know but mm-hmm. I think uh, the quadruple slash quintuple uh, probably deserves a mention there as well for the letter Q <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I've no argument mentioned it but let's let's not get ahead of ourselves with the quadruple talk it's, it's not happened the quadruple travel yep okay no. yeah, quadruple <laughs> travel it's not happened yet so Let's just get heads down and focus. Yeah, well, it's not obviously the gods of football who are very fickle. <laughs> I agree, Barry. Let's not jinx it. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, um, yeah, so th- there, there we go. Then we're not going to, let's say, we're not going to do a vote on the, uh, the the Quality Street Gang members. So, safe to say, I think we're just going to put the Quality Street Gang into the A to Z, uh, along with Jimmy Quinn as our honorary pick this week. Okay, so we promised you a quiz for the, the the second part of this, and here we go. We're going to give this a go and see how it goes. And we have uh, Nula joining us. Hi, Nula. Good evening, Joey. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for for giving us your time. Nula is going to be Magnus Magnuson tonight and be our quiz master. <laughs> Yes, um, I am going to be your quiz master um, on all questions about Saturday. Excellent. And um, good luck to all you guys. Um, <laughs> hope you do well. I think we need it. I know. This, yeah, this, this could be interesting. Okay, so I think, uh, Mark, you're, you're volunteering to go first, yeah? <laughs> or did I just volunteer get, you to go first? <laughs> get, it, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Okay, right, so okay. there's two minutes ready, on the clock. Barry, have you got two minutes I'm on the clock? I've got the timer ready here. Got so. a timer on? Yeah, yeah, I've got a pad here. So yeah. right, I'll do right now. Right. No funny business, Barry. <laughs> 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 we'll look back and see, you know. <laughs> okay. What is Celtic's record victory in the league? I'm going to say 11-0. Which Celtic manager brought... Vida Reset to Celtic. Uh, Dr. Joe Vengloss. Against what club did Tommy Boyd make his league debut for Celtic? Motherwell. How far did Celtic progress in Scottish League Cup in the 2004-2005 season? Yeah, quarterfinals. Which Celtic player scored four goals in the 7-0 League win over Aberdeen in the 2002-2003 season. Henry Larson. 
In what year was Jack appointed the manager of Dunfermline Athletic? 1963. Henrik Larsson was Celtic's leading goal scorer in all competitions in the 2000-2001 season, who, along with Chris Sutton, was Celtic's second highest goal scorer in all competitions. Uh, oh. Alan Thompson. Name the two brothers that played for Celtic in the 1985 Scottish Cup final. Oh, I'm going to say Willie McStay and uh, I, I can't think of another one, sorry. Move <laughs> 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 <Me> on. <laughs> How many league goals did Celtic score in the 1983-84 season? 80, 87, 93 or 100? Time's up. Pick your answer. 93. <laughs> Okay, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Mark. <laughs> Wait, <I'm> back. What? <laughs> How can you remember Willie McStay and not Paul McStay? <laughs> I, I had an image that Paul McStay wasn't playing that game because he was injured. Oh, you're not going to let that down, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> right, shall, we, shall we run through the answers just now? And tell you how much you got. Do you want to know? I think he did pretty well. Um, right, okay. Maybe that uh, says more about me. But <laughs> Okay, so Celtic's record victory in the league was indeed 11 now, so you got that one. Shout, yes. Mark. Vida Reset was signed by Dr. Joe. So you've got two out of two so far. Oof, yeah. um, against what club did Tommy Boy make his league debut? That was Airdrie, I'm afraid. Uh, that would have been some guess. <laughs> <laughs> league Cup progress in 2004-2005 was the quarter-final. So you're three out of four. Well done, Mark. Um, which Celtic player scored four goals in a 7-0 win against Aberdeen? John Hartson. It was John Hartson. Yes. Uh... <laughs> They got a point for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jock Steen became manager of Dunfermline in 1960, I'm afraid. Uh, the second highest goal scorer in 2000-2001, with Chris Sutton, was actually Lubo. Oh, no. Um, have we given you half a point for Willie McStay, or is this just not the right answer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, had, I had in my head that Paul McStay was injured. I do not know why. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I know there's a McStay kicking around. Uh, that was astonishing. Uh, <laughs> I thought you actually had like, a brain freeze on Paul McStay. <laughs> uh, and then the, the amount of goals the Celtic scored in the 83-84 season was 80, I'm afraid. So oh, okay. That was a, a tough question, in fairness. So you started really well through it, the first four, but then there was only one after that, so you get four out of ten. Which is not bad, actually. I think you might win it with four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well done, Mark. Yeah, no, get it. Well done, Mark. We have our next contestant, Jerry. Yep. Jerry, yep. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. And go. Which Celtic defender gave away the penalty in the 1967 European Cup final? Clark. On which ground did Paul Lawson make his league debut for Celtic? Celtic Park. Which club did Celtic need two replays to defeat in the Scottish Cup third round in the 1986-87 season? Motherwell. How many Scottish Championship winners' medals did Bobby Lennox win? Seven. What country did Bob O'Baldy play for in the 2002, 2004 and 2006 
African Cup of Nations. Guinea. At what English club did Neil Lennon begin his professional career? Man City. Which Swiss club did Celtic defeat in the UEFA Cup first round in the 1993-1994 season? Servette. How many league goals did Chris Sutton score in Celtic's treble winning season in 2001, 2000, sorry, 2000 and 2001? 11, 16 or 19? 16. Which Celtic player was voted Scottish Football's Young Player of the Year in 2004? 2004. Uh, Sean Maloney. Which club did Celtic defeat on penalties in the League Cup fourth round in the 2002-2003 season? Cup penalties. The penalty shouts last week. <laughs> uh, we mentioned them actually. The time's up. Did I get you answer this one? Um, I can't. Yeah, oh, was it Falk or was it Part Partick Thistle? Oh, I think I thought you said your first answer there. Oh. <laughs> Partick Thistle. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know. Okay, well, that worked out well. That was uh, 10 questions again. So, which one did we start with? Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah, the Celtic defender that gave away the penalty in the 1967 European Cup final was Jim Craig. I'm afraid you got that wrong. Um, on which ground did Paul Lawson make his Celtic debut for Celtic? I played uh, the once. odds with Celtic Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the answer was East End Park, I'm afraid. Oh, well. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure who Paul Lawson is, actually. Does anybody, does anybody actually know? No. I don't remember him from L. <laughs> just a luck in the draw, I'm afraid. <laughs> and which, which club does Celtic need two replays to defeat... Um, uh, two replays and the Scottish Cup third round in 86-87 season the answer was Aberdeen I don't oh, think you, you didn't no I said Motherwell <laughs> no you said Motherwell didn't you yeah. yeah you're not doing very well James no, the, the, these questions are ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> how many Scottish Championship winners did Bobby Lennox say this is a guess you said seven yeah. oh, you're mild off it's eleven eleven oh good on him uh, <laughs> Uh, which country did Bobo Baldi represent in the African Cup of Nations? Tell me that's Guinea. What's Guinea? Yes. <laughs> What's Guinea? <laughs> One. Which English club did Neil Lennon begin his professional career with? Was Man City? Yeah, two. Rolling. Climbing uh, up, climbing up. Which Swiss club did Celtic defeat in the UEFA Cup first round in 1994? <sighs> it was Young Boys. Ah, uh, so it was. Yeah, okay. How many league goals did Chris Sutton score in the treble winning season in 2001? It was 11, you said 16. I did say 16. Um, which player was both his Scottish Young Football of the Year in 2004? It was Stephen Pearson. Stephen Pearson, um, really? Well, okay. Yeah, it was about unfair because he only joined halfway through that season. But, um, yeah. Should have been Sean Maloney. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last, should have been Sean Maloney. Um, and then the last question about the penalty shootouts, Mark. What's the answer? Patrick Thistle, we were there. <laughs> we were there. Why was that, that man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I get three. Uh, I'll give you that one for a bit more respectful, so it's three out of ten. Yeah, some, uh, some shocking questions in there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty difficult, pretty difficult. Very difficult. <laughs> right, okay, well done. <laughs> well done, Mark. <laughs> well, I did get that John Hartson for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on to our next contestant. 
Right, good luck, Barry. Right, so the, the first two rounds have actually just worked out for 10 questions each, so... Um, Will we just give Barry 10 questions then? Yeah. 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 That seemed better, yeah, okay. Right, on you go. Okay. So, Barry, which club did Celtic sign John Hudson from? Uh, Coventry. Which two Celtic players missed penalties in the 3-2 defeat to Aberdeen in the 1998-1999 season? Two penalties. Yeah. Uh, Pass. I remember that game. On which ground <laughs> did John Harrison score his 100th goal for Celtic? Celtic Park. <laughs> Who presented New Lennon with the 2005-2006 League Championship trophy? This is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny McGrain. How many times did Celtic lose in the league in the 2005-2006 season? Twice. Which former Celtic player and manager managed Livingston during the 2003-2004 season? David Hay. Which Brazilian club did Junino play for in 2000 when he won the Mercosur Cup and Brazilian League? Gremio. Who scored a hat-trick in Celtic's 3-0 win over Kilmarnock in the League Cup final in the 2001 Sorry, 2000, 2001. Henry Larson. What's Which Celtic player won the Scottish Professional Footballers Association Player of the Year in 1983? 1983 would have been... Uh, I'll say Danny McGrain again. Which English-born player was the first Englishman to win an English FA Cup Winners' Medal and a Scottish FA Cup Winners' Medal? English-born... Uh, I'll say Ronnie Simpson. No, that's ten questions. Yeah. Time's up. Yeah. Was was that not eleven questions? <laughs> was it? Oh no, I'll go to ten. Okay, sorry. I mean, I skipped it. Right. Well, okay. go for it. Go for it. Go okay. for it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, which club did Celtic sign John Hartson from? West Ham. Was it Coventry? Oh. Was it good? No, it was good. I got that right. Well done, Barry. <laughs> uh, which two players missed penalties in a 3 2 defeat to Aberdeen in 1998 99? I passed in that one. Do you guys know? Orley and Henrik. Barley's one of them. The other one was Simon Donnelly. Oh, yeah. Was that the game yeah. Jock Steen was like sitting laughing in the director's box? Is that the Jock game Steen? I'm thinking of? No, no, Jock, oh. Jock Brown. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ghost I of Jock Steen. <laughs> On which ground did John Harrison score his 100th goal for Celtic? It was Falkirk Stadium. So I got that wrong. Who presented um, <laughs> Neil Lennon with the 2006 League Championship trophy? Rod Stewart. Billy Conley. <laughs> Billy Conley. No, I have no recollection of that either. No. How many times did Celtic lose in the league in 2005 2006? It was three. Only one out of five so far. Which former Celtic player managed Livingston in the 2003 4 season? It was David Hay. Yeah. Up to two. Which Brazilian club did Janinho play for in 2000? Um, it was Vasco da Gama, which I didn't get. Um, who scored the hat-trick in the 2001 League Cup final? It was Henrik. So oh, three. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, which Celtic player won the SPFS, SPFA Player of the Year in 1983? It was Charlie Nicholas. I didn't get that one. And which English-born player was the first Englishman to win an FA Cup medal and a Scottish Cup winner's medal? Does anyone know that? Oh, there's no way I was ever getting that. 
Has he been in two gang wars? I mean, are we talking like nineteen hundreds or something? No, I'm talking even before that. Oh, jeez, right? <laughs> no, <Nah>, not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Welford uh, with Aston Villa in eighteen ninety five and Celtic in eighteen ninety nine. So three out of ten. So we have a winner. Well done, Mark. Have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was close, but <laughs> with, with a, at a good training camp in Dubai, I came back feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Can I join, guys? Thank you. There should be a, I think there's a bonus quiz question if I can ask. Oh, go for it, Mark. Don't mind. Oh, go for it, eh? What's the keeper doing, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> what is the keeper doing? <laughs> It's the goalie no, That's an age old question that nobody will ever be able to answer. Right. Like uh, a chicken in the egg question, you know, you can't answer it. It's completely rhetorical. Thank you very much, Nola. Uh, thank you no to problem. our wonderful quiz Thanks, master, Nola. Her, Nola. Right, much appreciated. Sure um, <laughs> from, from my neck of the woods. So. Um, up Derry and up Donegal. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And hopefully Shane Duffy will go on to be a, a top player for us this season. I think he's exactly what we need in defence. So, exactly. Yeah, good shout. Okay, so uh, well done, Mark. Um, <laughs> it wasn't exactly vintage quizzing, but, you know, that, <laughs> four out of ten <laughs> takes it. <laughs> I'd uh, like a possible thirty points between us all. We got ten out of thirty. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think we, uh, there's a bit of studying needed. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It's probably it's probably about exactly how I thought I was going to. It's maybe slightly <laughs> better actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, 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 could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Put it this way, I would have cut it out if like none of us get any questions right. <laughs> Probably that'd be quite embarrassing. Taking the Mickey doing a Celtic podcast if we don't actually know it. <laughs> okay, so that was the quiz. Um yeah, I think we just about got away with that. Um <laughs> that was a bit of crack. Yeah. Mark, I, I mean I, I I'm I'm tempted to say Mark should be disqualified for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine line, is it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So you won. Was that? A f- did we give him a half point or not? Did we? Did <laughs> was it just four? Anyway, I, I he, he did enough to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well done, Mark. I th- you know, uh, fair play to you. Um, I think some of the questions did fall nicely. Any guesses in there? Or? Uh, all of them. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, it's when you go back to like. You know, in this year or whatever, how many league goals did they score? And you just think, oh, oh, that's man, it's come impossible. on. <laughs> you know, some guy you've never heard of, what stadium did he make his debut? I'm going to look up Paul Austin when this is over. Actually, um, we had a couple of things to look up, didn't we? Yeah, earlier on, you mentioned Paul Wilson, um, and we did uh, take the liberty to actually look up. Um, so there was one. Uh, there's a guy called Andrew Watson, who's widely considered to be the first black footballer, but he played uh, for Scotland in 1881, in 1882, if you believe that. Um, so it's actually way before. Um, and Scotland didn't actually have another non-white player until um, until Paul Wilson. Indeed, he was the only one in the 20th century. So you're quite right in what you said, Mark. Uh, so so there we go. Um, 
Barry, I think you did some research for us on the, the Hamden Cup finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, we're actually not far off the mark with a couple of things. So, first and foremost, there was a, a Hamden Park prior to the, the, the current Hamden Stadium, um, which is on the on the bowling club at Hamden now, oh, which is just okay. sort of down the road from the stadium. So that that was the host for a good few years. Um, and then thereafter, there's a place called Hamilton Crescent, which was a cricket ground um, in the Partick area of Glasgow, and that hosted a couple of them. After mm. that, the Cathkin Park was used, which we mentioned. Um, yeah. And then there was also the second Hamden Park, just trying to find it, but yeah, it's in Cathkin Park, so basically down that way where Bird Larrett were again. So, right. and then ultimately, then it went to Ibrooks for a while, and it was also played at Celtic Park a few times. And it was also played at somewhere called New Logate Green, which I have no idea where that is. It's in Edinburgh. I know I knew they hosted the Cup That's final in Edinburgh. Cup final in Edinburgh. That's just crazy yeah, 1896. <laughs> um, wow. Football ground in Powder Hall area of Edinburgh. Right. Um, and then, yeah, it went between sort of. Ibrox and Celtic Park until they built the stadium. And so there we go. There we go. That's, no, cheers for that, Barry. Um, glad we tidied that one up. Uh, so, so there we go. Uh, that's been a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a bit of a patchwork quilt of an episode, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was always going to be for Q. Uh, so we've got Jimmy Quinn in as the uncontested pick. We've got the Quality Street Gang and in pretty much as a wild card, I guess. Um, and that that pretty much brings down Q. So, and we've also got proof that none of us know anything about Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, yeah, we've got a kind of 30% knowledge, <laughs> roughly. Um, okay, so that's something to build on, though. That's fine. Um, Q, what can I ask Q? P, yeah, P, that's right. Uh, so, <laughs> back to a kind of normal... No, <laughs> <laughs> What does come after? <laughs> what comes after Q? R. <laughs> you can figure this out, Jerry. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got R next week, uh, which is actually I, th- I think we'll all be relieved to see the return of a real letter. None of these fake letters. Hi. None of none of this. You, you'll all be pleased to know that's the last of the Qs. <laughs> um, excellent. Okay. So no, that, that, that's been good fun tonight. So cheers, guys. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Barry. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, yes. and well done, Mark. You, you, I think you have uh, both of our congratulations for that. So your, your, your t-shirt is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, cheers, everyone, and see you next week. Bye bye. Cheers.